Hey girl, hey, it's your host V-Baby. What's up? I wanted to personally welcome and thank you for tuning into the Golly Girl Talk podcast. This is the podcast where you will find raw and unfiltered conversation regarding a variety of real life topics ranging from depression, generational curses, relocation, relationships, you name it, you've been through it. We're discussing it here each week. And here is the deal. We will be applying scripture to each and every topic. My goal is to show you how to let the Bible be the governing factor of your life so that you may experience the supernatural peace and joy God created us all to live in. I hope you enjoyed today's episode. What's up, Golly Girls? Welcome back to the Golly Girl Podcast. It is your host, Valora. I'm so happy to be back with you all again. I want to first start off by saying Merry Christmas and Happy New Year. Woo! God has brought us all the way through 2022. Uh, we are now in the year 2023. If you are listening to this, it is now 2023. So we are celebrating and thanking God um for another well i guess uh, uh <laughs> for completing 2022 and uh starting of a new year and a new year always feels like really fresh to me um i'm not the the new year new me person because i mean hey i'm forever evolving in the lord i am forever being transformed so it's not a uh a new year new me it's a new day new me a new a new moment new me right uh god is continually uh working in and through me so i'm just so grateful for that and in and through all of us you know i'm just speaking for myself but in and through all of us um so y'all know we are still in season three called the untouched part and of course we have our lovely 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 author and uh guest for this season Eunice Olatanja all the way from Lagos Nigeria with us um just been hanging out with us we are now in uh, episode eight, episode eight, which is titled, um, no, which is, that is the section that we're in. And today we're going to be talking about respect, context, and balance. Eunice, how are you today? Hi, Valora. I'm good. (laughs) Hey, you're good. How are you feeling with the new year and all of that coming for us in the next Uh... couple of hours? Yeah, because we're actually recording um, this on the last day of 2022, 31st mm-hmm. December. And honestly, um, I didn't like 2022. That's the truth. Um, it at all. I didn't like this year at all. I didn't like my spiritual life. I didn't like my character. I didn't like my inner turmoils and all of that so I'm more than ready to just let it go but all in all I can still generally say and truthfully say that God is faithful mm-hmm. because he's kept me alive first of all you know I've been reading a book um, and it's something I was going to ask you actually that how has God been talking to you because I didn't even feel like you see since August I haven't posted on seven months ago I remember when you were asking me uh if i'm still going to be doing that and i was like yeah i can't you know i'm doing it it's just that i don't want to pay uh, post things from a place of emptiness if, if i'm not fresh i'm not going to post things because i'm not going to deceive people that oh everything is well when i'm just here like so i just picked up a book that i've been reading and honestly if you struggle with condemnation which i do and which i think i do um 
there's this book, a uh, very old book, as usual, one of these Asian books um, titled The Bruised Wheat um, by an author called Richard Sibbs, written in probably 18 something something. But uh, it's based off of that text that they spoke about Jesus saying, A bruised wheat he will not break, and a smoking flax he will not quench. And, you know, I picked it up because uh, I started reading it earlier during the year, and I picked it up again like three days ago. I, I wasn't done. And, it's funny because the parts especially I picked up was talking about those who have a duty to, to God. Like if you have a service that you do to God and you don't feel worthy of doing the service and it's just like your service is not dependent on how you feel. And now. you know, when I was in posting, like God kept telling me that, you know, in, if you keep, if you neglect your service, um, in about 15, 20 years, you're not going to remember how you were feeling at that time. You know, if I'm giving you things to say, if I'm revealing the word to you and you're not posting and you're not going to remember that, oh, how was I feeling that time? And it's like, you don't feel worthy. It's like my, the way I'm behaving, the way I'm acting, it's not just worthy of me. I don't want to be a stumbling block, right? I don't want anybody to say, oh, and she calls herself a Christian. Like I've said it before, I'd rather lose my salvation than for everybody, anybody to blaspheme the name of God because of me. So it's just funny that that part of the book was just talking about, and they used Elijah as an example, that the Bible says that Elijah was subject to the same passions as we are, mm-hmm. and he still called down rain from heaven. So whatever it is that, you're, that you think that you're not worthy, that's not how God deals. And you know, the prayer, like I spent some time just crying in prayer this morning. And I just said, God, I really want to um, experience your mercy afresh. I know because I can't, my only hope, right, is mercy. I, it's not, you know, there's a part where you, you're worthy because God, I've done this. So, you know, reward me. Then there's a part where God, I don't have any credits with you. <laughs> I don't have anything to even bank on. I can only hope in your mercy. I can only hope that God just have mercy on me because there, if, if, if anybody wants to accuse in tongues, you know, there's this um, verse in Isaiah chapter 49 that talks about the lawful captive. I would call myself a lawful captive that, yeah, anything that wants to happen to me, yes, I deserve it. But I can only, but that passage says that the lawful captive will be set free. Mm. So if God's word is saying that even the lawful captive, you can only, and that's just a thing of mercy because what can you say? And honestly, so that's just where I am, you know, and I'm looking forward to 2023. I'm looking forward to just renewing my relationship with God, to just coming back to the cross of Christ afresh, truly falling in love with Jesus, you know, and because God is too amazing. God is too grand. You know, it's Jesus that is the way to that. Jesus is the one who, you know, who, you know, makes God even approachable, you know, he's the way. So there's this thing where you've been walking with God for a long time and you just forget how you even got to Jesus. Like, think about it. I honestly, that book said, when you feel like, oh, you've been, it's just Jesus and go back to the first thing you used to do. Like, that's what the Bible will tell you. Return to your first works. What was the first works I used to do? I wasn't looking at other Christians. I wasn't on Instagram all the time. Like, I was so focused on the word of God. I was just focused on Jesus and just loving him. And that's what I'm looking forward to going back to getting involved again with my Bible, knowing fresh. I just, it's like, I, it's like, I want to wake up and just not be able to 
remember anything i know is scripture because i want to come in that ignorance i first came in when everything was just amazing to me and fresh to me um i don't know if you understand what i'm saying but yeah this is basically like what has been weighing on my heart all you know this few, last few days in december and yes i'm honestly just looking forward um i'm encouraged you know i'm encouraged you know i'm looking forward to the freshness and hope and joy that a new year brings um yeah, yeah, that's it, really. <laughs> that's beautiful. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Thank you for sharing that, Eunice. I think a lot of times, um, there's a few things I want to point out and bring out, and I pray the Lord allows me to remember them. But a lot of times I think I can introduce the episode and I can kind of go into my own spiel. But it was really good to sit back and hear you just share your heart with me and with the listeners. Of course, we've shared our heart with each other before, but I think the listeners would really enjoy this, enjoy what you just shared. And also to know that Eunice, you know, a lot of people listen to you, girl, and they like, that girl is on fire <laughs> for the Lord. And to hear that Eunice is like, I have not been in the presence of God like I want to. I have not been studying the word like I like I desire, like I like my soul wants. It's like that is like, okay, okay, so I'm not the only one struggling with this thing. I'm not the I'm not, you know, Eunice is not this perfect Bible um teacher or Bible studier or whatever. You know, I'm just trying to make up terms here, but it, I, it was very refreshing. And so to go back to my points, um, first, thank you for that. And then the, the first point, you mentioned it, God is faithful. Like, and that's the beauty of it. Like in this journey, and I think what you're experiencing is very humbling. I think what you're experiencing is will, will help you be um, relatable to others. It will uh, help you to give grace. It will help you to um, understand uh, others journeys, um, as well. And even me, you know, it helped me, um, as you know, listening to you and then knowing my own journey. Right. But, um, so I think when we do yeah. seasons like that, I think that is to humble us, to keep us, you know, under God's mighty hand and to also help us to relate to our sisters and brothers in this, in this, in this journey. Um, yeah. so that was my first point. And then the second point was restore the joy of my salvation. That's what I hear Amen. your heart crying out. Yeah. And I remember yeah. that you asked me 1, to pray that, um, for you, um, you know, a while ago you asked for that, but as you spoke, that's all I heard was restore the joy of my salvation. And I too have been experiencing that in 2022 as well. It's like, and then when you said, go back to what you did at the beginning, that right there was like, boom, it was like the light bulb. It was like the, the volcano just erupted. It was all of the, the lights, the fireworks, all the stuff that's going to probably go off tonight. But yeah, it was like all the lights and flashes and magical, all that. It Go back to what you did at the beginning. Because see, at the beginning, your love was fresh. And even married couples, they tell you to go back to what you did at the beginning. Go back to yeah. how you felt at the beginning. Go back to who this person was at the beginning. And it's, yeah. that's what we're in with the Lord. We're in a marriage. This is a covenant. This is a relationship. This is a commitment. You know, and so it's like, go back to what you did at the beginning and I think about myself what I did at the beginning was I studied the word of God why because I didn't know like you said you know these things and so now it's like when you read over the verse you're like blah 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 blah, blah, blah. and we're gonna talk about that today respect context and balance um yeah uh, of the bible you know it's like you're reading it and it's like oh be still to know that I am God 
I read that. It's Psalms 4610. You know, um, do everything in love. I already know that. You know, um, you know, all these all these hmm. different verses, right? You're like, oh, I know that. I know 16. this. Um, yeah, <laughs> you know, yeah, exactly. And so it's like, I know these things, but you're like, no, you don't know these things. Like, you know parts of it. You may know it in repetition and praise God for that, that he's written his word on, yeah. his, on, on your heart. But that word of God can penetrate you in different seasons of your life in different ways and it has a different message and don't forever think that this word of God and you've told me this before and you actually talked about it uh in in the in the topic that we're talking about today you told me this before don't ever read the word of God like it's a book like it's like a a, a textbook or something that you can just you know it's it's the living breathing word of God like it is life so we cannot just like read hmm. through it. It can take us from sad to, to, to joyful. It can take us from hopeless to hopeful. It can take us from depressed hmm. to our situation, the situation that we're depressed about, or even our circumstance, our our, our, our situation or whatever it may be. It's we got a different perspective because we're we're looking at the God of the universe. We're we're that is our father, that is our protector, that's our provider, that's our refuge. And it's like we don't have to be in these type of situations. This is all in our mind. Like in the spiritual realm, this situation is not what it looks like. This is building me up in the Lord. This is building my faith. So this is actually good for me. Like, so yeah, I'm not going to go too far, too much further, but I think um, <laughs> that was my second point was, I think restore the joy of my salvation um, and then go mm -hmm. back to what you've always done. So we can take three things mm -hmm. from what Eunice just said, y'all, is God is faithful always. He doesn't change. We do. We change. Sometimes yeah. for the good, as we change more like to be more like Christ, as, you know, by God's grace, by God's transforming power, um, we change for the good in that sense. But then sometimes we change for the bad, right? Sometimes we get lax. Sometimes we get lazy in our ways. Sometimes we fall back into yeah. sin. Yes, but God is still faithful. So because God is still faithful, we're, we can always go back to him and repent and he will put us on that track back back going with him and we just have to stay there with him we have to keep holding on to his hand we can't say oh daddy i know how to walk now I'm, I'm good i don't need to hold your hand no i need to always hold your hand i can't do anything without you lord i can't go and walk i'm going to stumble i'm gonna fall i know i'm out of my walking shoes i know i'm walking in regular shoes now i can even walk barefooted no I need to hold your hand. Mm. So that is the, the, the first point. And then second is go back to what you've, go back to what you, um, uh, what you did at the beginning. Your first works. Yeah. And there's a song, there's a girl that sings a song. Um, I wanted her to be at our conference. If God says the same that we have it this year, but, um, her, her name is, um, um, her, her music name is Genesis Rose. And I'm going to, drop the link to the song but she has a song called first okay. love and it it's called okay. it's called first love and it and, and basically the song says uh go back to your first love like go back to your first love mm. go back to those things that you did when you were so mm. in love with god when you were so fresh with god when you were running and telling mm. everybody like go back to those things so i'm gonna drop the link to that song um and then um the last point Actually, I'm losing it, but I don't. It's not restored the joy of my salvation, but that is a part of going back to your uh, first love. That's going back to the things that you used to do uh, when you first, you know, fell in love with the Lord. When you first had your encounter with the Lord, um, that is restoring mm -hmm. the joy of your salvation. Um, 
I don't know what the third point was anymore. Maybe that was maybe the I Holy Spirit remind you. Mm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Amen. In Jesus' name. But and I also have a song as well. Okay. Um, so okay. it's a hymn actually by William Cowper, who is like one of my favorite hymn writers. He used to, you know, he he's somebody who used to struggle as well with <laughs> condemnation. You know, he attempted suicide many times up to the point that they locked him up in an asylum and his hymns are just beautiful i relate to every single of his hymns and he has this one titled oh for a closer walk with god mm. the gettys uh the people who sang um who wrote this uh in christ alone my hope is found so they have a cover to that song which is my favorite version of the song mm-hmm. uh it says so some lyrics like some of the lyrics says uh i think okay verse two um says where is the blessedness i knew when first i sought the lord where is the soul refreshing view of jesus and his word mm. and verse three says what peaceful hours i i once enjoyed how sweet their memory still but they have left an aching void of jesus and his sorry the world can never feel and then verse five is like a prayer that says the the dearest idol i have known whatever that idol be help me to tear it from thy throne and worship only thee and you know there's this devotional i use that says um um by oswald chambers um titled my utmost for his highest that um you know two days ago they were saying he said something about when you when the truth when truth like god's truth has been revealed to you in a personal way you never remain the same like and that's the thing you can either and different parts of the untouched path said it like you can either just press on or if you go back into the world you're going to be like a mad person because you're going to have a void that the world can never feel so our best bet like and that's the thing yes there's freedom in christ but the thing is we're actually in a we're in a free we're in a we are in a we're in a freedom that still comes with a bondage because our bondage is to Christ, our slavery is to Christ. So if when we are growing in the word, when we're growing in, in the faith, we stop, we start looking at oh wh- when we know that God has convinced convinced of us of something, when God has opened our eyes to behold a part of his word, if we don't hold on and grow, we're gonna move around with a void and emptiness that we we can try feeling it with what whatever like whatever to offer but it will just never satisfy you know so yeah it's just our best bet you know is just mm-hmm. to press on just to press amen. On. yeah amen amen and Eunice you'll have to send me that song so I can link it in the, the show notes so that way the listeners can check it out um okay amen so let's jump into today's episode so our first topic is respect respect we're going to talk about respect context and balance of the bible so let's just go back a little bit last week or last week last episode we talked about the history of the bible um we talked about you know the um what was it the chinese whispers the two truths and one lie and you know um the the um the first translators of the bible and um you know those who died for the bible i think we talked about anna 
Um, I know we talked about William Tyndale um, and some other, um, you know, um, I, I don't know how, sh- how I should put it, but people that were um, main, I guess, characters in, you know, the Bible that we have today and making sure that we have this Bible, um, if you will. And uh, we're willing to die for the gospel, the words, um, well, the gospel of Jesus Christ and um, the Bible. Right. So um, with that said, we're going to talk about respect today and you talk respect of the Bible, right? Um, you open the, the, the section of respect with, you said, you said, you see, Christian, this holy Bible, which we possess or not, is no ordinary being. Oh, yes. The Bible is a living, breathing and supreme being. The Bible is Jesus Christ, uh, John 1 and 1 and 14, 1 John 1 and 1. The whole holy Bible is Jesus Christ on our shelves and tables and in our pockets. And then you go into a story about a group of men who were basically i think they were ended up i think they ended up being killed i know they were locked up and then like you know they actually got out of the prison um somehow it was it was all a mystery and like the locks were still on the prison that's why i mean what when i say it was a mystery because mm-hmm. it wasn't like the locks on the doors were open like and somebody had let them out cuz then it wouldn't be a mystery it would be okay who did it like which one of the guards let these people out, right? But the locks were still on the door, on the on the jail bars or whatever you want to call it, and they were nowhere to be found. Well, I think it was maybe like a few days later, or maybe a uh, let's see, I think it was like a few weeks later. But basically, the the same men who were locked up for preaching the gospel, right, were found again somewhere doing the same thing that they were locked up for before they were preaching the gospel of Jesus Christ. And at that time when the, um, I guess like the, whoever, the leader of that time, he came to them and he's like, Hey, like, didn't y'all already get in trouble for this? Like, didn't, didn't we just lock y'all up for this? You know, he didn't even say, how did y'all get out? (laughs) It was like more so like Mm -hmm. y'all just got locked up for the same thing and y'all out here doing it again. And basically what the men said to them is that we don't obey man. We obey God. Like we owe no loyalty to you. We are under no obligation to obey you. We are only obligated to obey our God. And our God says, preach the gospel of Jesus Christ. And so that's what we're doing. And of course, you know, when a leader, you know, we talk about, you know, leaders, first of all, if they're locking these men up because they're preaching the gospel of Jesus Christ, then we already know from that point that, they're not for Jesus Christ, right? Um, because otherwise they wouldn't be trying to lock them up for preaching it. And so when someone is not for Jesus Christ and you don't listen to them and they're in a leader role, let's, let's you know, clarify that. They're in a leader role, you know, and so prime example, thank you, Holy Spirit. Teachers, they said no praying in schools, no reading the Bible in schools, that type of thing, right? So if a teacher comes in there, and they're praying with their students and they're reading the Bible and they're teaching the gospel to their students. The principal is going to be like, no, you can't do that. Like we are obligated to teach this curriculum and not the Bible. And if the teacher continues to preach the gospel and continue to teach the children about praying, then, or continue to pray with the children or whatever their, you know, their motive or their approach is, 
then they will be fired because they're not obeying what is being, you know, what is the standard, if you will. So basically this man, this leader wanted to kill these these guys immediately. I don't know if you specified in here, Eunice, um, if they were killed. Um, and if you, you know, recall that and you want to touch on that, please do so. <laughs> okay. Okay. So you mean like this story, right, of the disciples and Peter and Chloris? Well, I don't know that these were, and, and and you know more than me, but it didn't say specifically that it was the disciples. It just says a few years ago, a group of men were arrested by some religious leaders for disobeying the oh, religious yeah. laws. So, oh, actually, yeah, it was actually the disciples. Just, I was just trying to make it sound like a story. Okay, so oh, it was a good story. I was like, <laughs> now it did sound similar, but I was like, I wonder who those guys were. I was hoping that you were going to tell us who they were. Oh, it was the disciples. Okay, <laughs> it was the disciples. Yeah. Um. So yeah. So basically, just like you said, they were arrested for, you know, preaching the gospel, and they were thrown in prison. But somehow they were let out by the Holy Spirit, by an angel of the Lord who commanded them to continue preaching. Mm -hmm. So um, again, they came, so these people who arrested them, the Sadducees and the high priest found them preaching in the temple and brought them to the council for trial. So when they came in, there was a lot of uproar, like these men are causing confusion in the world. What is going on? And then one of them, um, Peter just said that, of course, when he was when he was angry, like sorry, when they were angry, Peter was like, "Yeah, you told us not to preach and everything, but we can only obey God. We can't obey, um, we can't obey men, right?" Mm -hmm. So when there was this whole uproar and all of that, you know, and you know, it just you can't reading that part is just because it sounds like a movie, right? So there's this whole <laughs> uproar. Just imagine like in this temple, everybody shouted, you disobey the high priest and everything. And then one of the men of the council now rises. And then because he's known for his, his, his wisdom, his um, wealth of knowledge. And you see, it's funny because this person who rises is actually one of the people who taught, who taught Paul the apostle in school. You know, mm. so because so basically, this man's name was Gamaliel, and mm -hmm. when Paul was talking about how um how much of a Pharisee he was, he was like, I'm a Jew of Jews. I went to the school of Gamaliel and all of that. So you can imagine, like, let's say he's like the he's like the vice, I don't know, the highest person in like a Harvard University. So mm. he he stands up in the council and he's like, gentlemen, calm down. Of course, when Gamaliel stands up, the whole place goes quiet because they respect him. How mm -hmm. does it, but let me see how, okay, yeah, so the Bible says about Gamaliel that he was a doctor of the law, had in reputation among the people, and so, exactly, so he was a doctor of the law, like, that is the highest level, like, you can be mm -hmm. a doctor of the law, like, mm -hmm. he knew the law very well, like, the Torah, mm -hmm. and so he stands up, and everywhere goes silent, and people like that don't just talk in front of anybody, so he tells them, okay, you know what, take these men, take these disciples, remember, the apostles were common men, so he's like, take them out of here. Mm -hmm. So the man, Gamaliel speaks in wisdom. He's like, men, why are we stressing ourselves over this? Like, so he's speaking to his people. Like, you know that, first of all, there was a man who came in a while ago, boasting himself to be something that, oh, they had found the way, they had found the way. His name was Thedas, right? Mm -hmm. And he had 400 people who were part of him. And 
Shortly after this man died and all of his people that were following him were scattered, he now gave another example as, um, of another man. So the first one was this student, he came, I found the truth, I know the way. And by the way, if anybody wants to read this story, it's found in Acts chapter 5. Mm-hmm. So he said, after this man rose up Judas of Galilee, and he drew away much people. So he had a lot of people following him. And the Bible says that he all, and so Gamala was like, so he also perished and all his followers dispersed. Mm-hmm. So now I'm saying to you, don't stress. He says, refrain from these men and let them alone. If what they're saying is of men, it will come to nothing. Mm-hmm. But if these things that they're saying about this man who is Christ and is died, and if what he's saying is truth, then you cannot fight God. Forget mm-hmm. it. Mm-hmm. You know, he said you cannot overthrow it. Otherwise, you'll be found to fight against God. So they agreed. You know, they were like, yeah, this man has spoken well. You know, Gamaliel, a man of wisdom. Yes, there's no point. You know, there's no point trying to stop them. Let them go and preach their whatever and everything. And then they, they called them, of course, because those um, Pharisees were still angry that these men insulted us by telling us that they will not obey us they will obey god because remember they love their respect the pharisees i remember when jesus was telling that don't don't be like the pharisees that love the greatest they love their wrong long right. robes so right. those people held their respect very very um dirty so what now happens they call them in they still flog them because they were yep. paid so they beat them yeah and then they told them they still commanded them that they should not speak in the name of jesus and then they let them go and then you know, um, shortly, shortly after the disciples were de- rejoicing that, okay, we've been found worthy to suffer. They were happy, right? They mm-hmm. were happy to suffer for the name of Christ. Mm-hmm. But the point we're going to remember, we're talking about respect. Why should we respect this word of God? Yeah. Gamaliel said to them that if what these people are saying about Jesus and him, crucified, Come on. It, will die, it will die down in a few years. It yep. will die down in a few, like, Look at Theodos, look at Judas. They came with their own sex. They are gone. How many years are we after? Had the word of Come God on. died? Come on now. Has he died? Now let's let's look at let's now let's 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 take it like this, right? So the Bible says some part after in Acts 19 20 that so mightily grew the word of God and prevailed. Mm-hmm. Now let's now bring it to our day. Let's look at some statistics. Let's let's talk about numbers like yes. those were those who want facts right facts yeah. are facts right so let's look at facts about this word of god about this christ and him crucified and him reason what has he died down now let's look at some facts firstly it's been more than two thousand years that these men were beaten and sent out of that council the word of god is not just on lips again but it's now on the hearts of men amen and it has now been recorded and written down and translated with the full Bible in over 2,100 languages and counting. The New Testament alone has been translated into an additional 1,548 languages and counting. Biblical stories have been translated into 1,138 languages and counting, Mm -hmm. with at least some portions translated into 3,384 languages and counting. These words, which if they were not of God, would have become extinct over 2,000 years ago, remains the best-selling book in all of history. As of 2015, according to the Guinness Book of World Records, the Bible has sold more than 5 billion copies, with annual hard copy sales in the USA alone surpassing 20 million copies. Mm. In the year 2016 alone, the Gideon International distributed 59 million 
460,000 wow. Bibles worldwide. Oh God, I'm so proud of you. An average of more than 100 Bibles per minute in the English language alone, in which it was once forbidden to be translated, we call the martyrdom of William Pando we spoke of, there are now 2,013 English versions of the Holy Bible. Wow. We aren't done yet. In 2019, marking 11 years since its launch, the version Bible app had been installed on more than 400 million unique devices and downloaded in every country, even North Korea, Hallelujah. on earth. <laughs> in 417 languages hundreds of thousands of unique users have been recorded downloading the app every day at an install rate of 1.3 seconds so at every 1.3 seconds somebody is downloading the uversion bible app on average some 66,000 people have the app open during any given second in the day so right now as we speak at least 66,000 people are on the uversion app and the figures climbed much higher most times Man, what else can we say? So, man, if <laughs> why is and it there's that this still Bible, more this word of God, this word of God, Valora, why is it that it has been spreading? This thing that Gamaliel said that if it's fake, it will die down like Judas. It is because mm -hmm. it is truth. It is because the Bible is truth. If the man. Bible was a lie, somebody would have smelt the. The well, how do you call it? Smell the fish, smell the cat, smell the skeleton, yeah, smell the whatever, yeah, smell yeah. the warmth. They can't smell nothing because this is the living, breathing word of God. The Bible is truth. That is why the Bible has been spreading, and that is why we must respect the Bible. You know, we men and women like we like things that we have to struggle, we have to show that we got we, you know, we we worked hard for, but but now because you know, I mean. Gideon is national distributed 59 million copies of the Bible in one year. The Bible is everywhere. That's why people don't respect it. You know, I, I happen to have lunch with somebody, you know, um, she's a Christian. She's a Christian, right? I mean, nominally. And I was just, you know, we had lunch and I was just asking her, so what's your relationship with God like? Do you read your Bible? And she was like, really? No, she doesn't. I mean, the app is on your phone. And that's fine. I, I, I respected that honestly. But the, the thing is, if this was something that we had to pay millions of dollars for or if this thing was just a sect for a classified group of people people will struggle to want to read the bible but because of the ubiquity of the bible because mm -hmm. it's so easy to be found Available. everywhere yeah nobody cares no we just look at the end it's like and that's why you say like when the answer has been right in front of your eyes but you just keep ignoring mm -hmm. so that's all i have to say the bible is true and then one more story just to just to bring out about this i was gonna say i hope you're gonna tell the, the other one <laughs> Uh -huh. yes. Now, on September 11, 9-11, we all know about that story. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. News outlets were buzzing with the news that two planes had rammed into the Twin Team Towers. One had been used as a missile against the Pentagon, and a third had crashed into the ground near Shanksville, Pennsylvania. So now let's focus on what the um, Pennsylvania story. There remains, however, a vital but unreported part of the story by national media. So this story did not go viral. What was the story? This unreported part was written by a journalist called Tom Lavis, mm. a correspondent of the Tribune Democrat, which is a local paper which serves the community of Johnstown, Pennsylvania. Mm -hmm. So this report, so this man, Tom Lavis, gave an accurate account, which was verified by multiple eyewitnesses, of what the first responders saw upon their arrival at the crash site. But why then 
did the national media not report it? What was so important? Why, why nobody was trying to hide any kind of news there, but why is it that this kind of, this particular portion of news mm. did not go viral in all of the 9-11 Borara? So it says, <laughs> the films of Jet Fuel, so now Terry Schaeffer, this is somebody who was at the time the fire, the fire chief of the Shanksville Fire Department said, the fumes of jet fuel burned my nostrils. Mm. There were only two recognizable things on the ground. One was a burning tire from the landing gear. And the second was the Bible laying upon the ground with its pages as white as snow. Mm. The leather cover on the Bible was singed, but none of the pages were burned. Whoa. So 9-11 with everything that was getting burned planes, people, human beings, possessions, in the midst of all of that fire, this man noticed something, that there was a book on the floor. What is so special about this book? Yes, the front cover was burnt a bit, it was singed a bit, mm -hmm. but inside the, the pages were white as snow. Even the fire could not burn it. It was because it was the Holy Bible. So are we still debating? the supremacy of the immutable and infallible word of God, <laughs> the Bible is True. a weapon, mm -hmm. a sword of the spirit, something mm -hmm. that we must respect. When we're talking about it, when we're carrying it around on our phone, when we're debating around it, let's just remember that we're going to die one day. And this Bible that served people in the past, served people like Charles Spurgeon, served people like William Cowper, served people like John Newton, served people like Martin Luther King, said people like everybody and who have all died and gone and left the Bible behind, we're going to, we can choose to respect, disrespect it. We can choose to ignore it at our own loss, at our, as our own self-imposed punishment. But mm. the Bible will still continue to grow. It will still continue to change lives. It will still continue to prevail. It will still continue to be true. Nothing is going to change. We've never had to update anything in the Bible. They've never had to say, oh, we just verified that, oh, this part was wrong. Never. The Bible is perfect. It's the word of God. So we must respect it. Thank you. Amen. Yeah. <laughs> Amen. Amen. <laughs> Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. It, it reminds me of the song. I want to go back to the, the word of God, though. Um, the, 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 um, the, so the, the 9 11. Um, All right. the 9-11 incident. So it reminds me of the verse and I was trying to find it as you were reading, but you may know it, but it basically says, uh, these things will pass away. This life will pass away. The earth will pass away. You know, all the things of it will pass away, but my word will never pass Amen. away. My word will stand. Yes. And I believe that that was a symbolic, um, gesture, gesture by God that, it, you know, because mm -hmm. I'm sure some people will say, oh, I can get I can get a Bible right now and I can set it on fire and it'll set on fire. So that's their debate. Right. Against the word of God. Right. Mm -hmm. Against that whole uh, story that you just gave. So because because you know how the enemy does. Right. So I, I, I believe the Holy Spirit gave me this example and, and and not even this example, but this truth. OK. And so the the, the <laughs> word of God says that um, all these things will pass away. But my word mm -hmm. will never pass away. It says heaven and earth. Heaven. Heaven. Mm. God, it, it, where, where God sits, right? He said that even <laughs> heaven and earth will pass away. Mm. Come on in this room, mm. y'all. 
but his <laughs> word will never pass away. And so I believe that oh, was what God was showing to those who witnessed it. And yeah. I believe that that is why the story did not surface because they know mm -hmm. that that would prove. And people are to this day still trying to deny the truth. They are still trying to deny and pick apart the word of God. And it's just not working. Like you said, there is no fishy. There's no fishy aroma. There's no worms in it. There's no, you can't find the flaw in it. You can't find the fake in it. Everybody's like, oh, you know, the Bible contradicts itself. I'm like, no, it contradicts us. It contradicts the flesh. That's all it is. That's the contradiction. That's the only contradiction that it is, is our flesh. It does not contradict itself. It contradicts us. And that's what it's supposed to do. And so, amen. That was good. And then the next point I wanted to bring out was that song by Aretha Franklin. R-E-S-P-E-C-T. Like, literally, I love, <laughs> I love when you, when you, when you said your speech, it felt like that was your version of that song like res I, I feel like we should just close out with that little that, that, that piece of that song r-e-s-p-e-c-t because it was just it was beautiful it was amazing well done Eunice well done and it brings us to you know our next point which is context and I, I feel like you won't understand context of the bible until you respect the bible and you know you yeah. just talked about respecting the physical bible but and and even you know the the actual words that are in the Bible and respecting the the author, uh, you know, because the overall author of the Bible is 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 God. It is not you know Peter. It's not Paul. It's not Moses. It's not you know any of these people. They are just the vessels, right? And so just like we are speaking His word now on this podcast, we are ministering His word on this podcast. We are not the authors of these words that we speak uh, as we speak them out of you know God's word. He is the author. We are the vessels, and that is the same thing for them so when you respect the word of god when you respect something like you respect what it says you don't try to tear it apart like if you respect your mom and your dad you respect your parents like you they say mom they say hey you can't go to that party i don't think it's safe you don't go if you respect them, if you respect what they said, you don't go, well, how is it unsafe? And da 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 And I don't understand. And this is so not fair. And da da, -da. If you respect them, but if you don't respect them, then you will go to the party and maybe find out that it wasn't safe and, you know, why they didn't want you to go. But if you respect them, then you will understand what they said. And even if you don't understand what they say, because come on, come on, Holy Spirit, minister to me mm -hmm. right now as I minister to your people and myself. Oh, God, um, even if you don't understand what they said, you respect it and you do it anyway because you respect mm -hmm. them. And so I think respecting the Bible comes with respecting God, it comes with respecting oh, yeah. um, who he is. With us, you know, I was talking to my little cousins last night and I've been trying to do like Bible time with them. And so one of my little cousins said, and I haven't been doing this long, people. So don't, you know, don't judge us. Um, the Lord is working and he is starting a new thing in us. <laughs> We're going to get Amen. Amen. And so she, one of my cousins, my little cousin, she's 10 years old. And she says, well, both of them are 10, but one of them said, um, so I thought God was like somebody that you just pray to and like they give you what you want. And I'm like, and, and hey. You know what? And I won't even say judge, judge, judge away, right? Judge away. Because this 10 year old just said what a lot of 
40 and 50 and 30 year olds live out every single day and how they treat God. You know, you got people like, how do you, how do you go on when you've been uh, hurt by God and how he can do you like this and da, 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 da. And what kind of God is he? It's like, you are my 10 year old cousin. Like you, you got this genie. God is not a genie. So you have to understand who God is, who, like who God is, who, like what he did, what he has done for us, the ultimate gift that we could ever have you know everybody talks about christmas right but the ultimate gift that he's he's given us that that gift of life and death that he's given us like you have to you have to know him you have to know god and when you know him the respect of his word the context of his word the balance of the holy spirit and his word and your life all of that you will it, will, it will all flow together. It's not going to make it easy peasy. Absolutely not. But it will all flow together. So I, I just had to put that out there by God's grace. So we're about to jump into context. Um, and Eunice, you opened it up with uh, this. Oh, this is actually scripture, but it is. Yeah, it is actually scripture. This is, I think it's second. It's first Timothy. I don't know. It's, it, it's in Timothy. But it says here, quick, powerful, sharper than any two-edged sword piercing, discerning, profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness. I want to read that again. The word of God is quick, powerful, sharper than any two-edged sword. Two-edged sword is there's a a sword on one side, sword on the other side. It's going to cut you either Mm -hmm. way, right? All right. Uh, Piercing, discerning, profitable for doctrine. Okay. Profitable Profitable for doctrine, okay, uh, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in what? Righteousness. Mm. Amen. Amen. That is the word of God. So when you have this word of God and you have chapters, we, we have it in chapters, we have it in the books, we have it in verses, we have it in passages, right? When you have this word of God, you have to be very careful with it, okay? You have to be very careful in making sure that you are um, understanding what God is saying. And because God Mm -hmm. is not like us, right? His thoughts are not our thoughts. His ways are not our ways. How can we understand a God that does not think like us? does not act like us how do we how do we understand this god if we're just going to read one verse Mm -hmm. Uh, if we're going to read three verses or five verses when the bible has been organized you know by men uh in efforts to help us understand it better um or understand it i guess more um i guess in a in a in an easier format i should say um Rather than, you know, just giving it to us how, you know, the Lord may have pressed it upon their heart. They did organize it because it does does help us with context when things are organized. Right. And so how do we understand this God if we're going to take bits and pieces of this this living, breathing word of God, this two edged sword, this, you know, it's, it's the all the instruction that we need in righteousness. 
we cannot take it lightly. Like the this this here uh, this this piece here that Eunice mentioned, I was looking for the parts that I highlighted. As striking as the words in the official Bibles are, there is still so much information uncontained in them. So even in the Word of God that we have, even in the Bibles that we have, the Holy Bible, there is still so much information that is not even contained in them. But what we have is it's a lot. It is really a lot. And we have to take it. We have to, um, Lord, help me. We have to um, chew on it. We cannot just take a bite of it and swallow it. Like, I think that's what we try to do sometimes with the word of God. We just try to take a bite of it and just swallow it whole. And it's like, no, you got to chew on that. Because as you chew, you will begin to see there are different things inside of it that you need, that you need to take away from it. And if you just bite it and you're swallowing it and you're not even chewing it, you're not getting the, you're not even understanding everything that you're eating, that you're consuming at this point. Um, so yeah, I, I, I have some more, but I feel like I want to let Eunice, cause I feel like she would do a better job at going <laughs> into this context piece. Um, I, I do want to talk about the um, Apocrypha cause I have a Bible. I recently just got this Bible um, from mm. a brother in the faith that had that the those uh, books in there, and I asked, <laughs> I asked on one of the Godly Girl Talk calls. I was like, "What is this? What are these extra books in the Bible? Is this demonic? Like, what is this?" And Eunice was able to tell me by God's grace. She was on the call, and she said, "That's the Apocrypha." So yeah. Anyways, uh, Eunice, talk to us about context. Um, I want I want to hear from you on that. Okay, thank you, Valora. So, yeah, so the whole point in even talking about, you know, why this Bible is so important and why we should take it in context and the apocrypha is basically that what we know as the official Bible, right? So we don't have, in the official Bible, like the authorized version, we don't have verses like um, some of those verses in, in the apocrypha, in Maccabees, um, Tobias, we don't have those things in the official Bible. So it's like there's still a lot of things left out mm -hmm. you know john when john was writing the book of john at the end he said that if he wrote down everything jesus mm -hmm. did even the mm -hmm. whole world would not be able to contain it mm -hmm. when uh, again when he was writing to gaius in um third john at the end of his towards the end of his life you know he said that i have so many things to say but i'm not going to put that in this letter so the point is that what we have now the fact that god let it be the authorized version, we shouldn't take any part for granted. A lot of things were left out. So what we have as the official Bible, we should know it fully. We should know it wholly. I mean, the Bible has different um, effects on people. You know, the word of God, when we talk about the word of God, different people have different effects. So Jeremiah said that his word was in my heart as a burning fire. Mm -hmm. Malachi described it as the burning of the word of the Lord. You know, different people. You know, again, there was one in history, this man called Marcion of Sinope, mm -hmm. who studied the Bible and he had this gospel, which lasted for a number of centuries, I think four or five centuries. And his own um, religion said that the God of the Old Testament is different from the God of Jesus because he could not reconcile the two. Mm -hmm. And it's like, if this man had read the, the, the fact that he said, I do not change. And the God in the New Testament, it was said that this God is a consuming fire you realize like he's still the same God. Mm -hmm. So he had chosen not to, and that's the thing, it was a lunatic effect, you know, as I said in the book that somebody would, would um, 
come to the conclusion that the God of the Old Testament is different from the God of the New Testament? Do you not see how it's the same God who gave his mm -hmm. son for our sins? But that is just the kind of effect. Now, when we now come to our generation, why is it that the Bible just does not have so much of an effect? How is it that people can go to a church service and the word is preached and everybody just comes out smiling. Nobody is convicted of sin. Nobody, mm. is, nobody is weeping and just thinking. Everybody comes out empowered. The Bible is not an empowering book. The Bible is quick, powerful, sharp mm -hmm. as any two-edged sword mm -hmm. that pierces, discerns the thoughts and intents of the heart. You know, it's also profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, mm -hmm. for instruction in righteousness. But do we really see the Bible reproving and correcting us in our generation? And it could only be one thing because it's not, the Bible has not changed. It was having that effect many years ago. So why is it that in our generation, it's not having that effect? It could only be that some things are being left out. It's clearly not being taken in context in our generation, mm. right? So, um, and so when people now come and say that, oh, uh, uh, you know, when we want to, you know, oh my goodness, let's even not go there. Like, so you know how a lot of people like to talk about the love of Jesus, we're free in Christ, we're free mm. in Jesus, mm -hmm. and my grace is sufficient. Mm -hmm. All well and good, absolutely. But you see, people love Make the God of, grass. love the Jesus of mm -hmm. John, uh, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, but they don't talk much about the God, the Jesus in Revelation. Mm -hmm. They don't talk about the Jesus who is no more saying, neither do I condemn thee no more. Go and sing. He's going to condemn us if we continue to sing for grace to abound. Amen. Because he's not that Jesus who is writing on the floor and saying, oh, woman, are they not condemning? No, no, no. That Jesus has died, right? Mm -hmm. And his reason. He's paid for those sins that we want to continue to uh, indulge in. Mm -hmm. And in Revelation, he's talking that I'm not joking. I'm coming. Look at the letters to those churches. Scary. Even the churches that were doing well. He said, yeah, I know you. I know you still love me. Nevertheless, I still have something against you. I guess that God. Jesus yeah. is not joking. He's mm -hmm. not coming as some. Yes, he's meek and lowly, but this is somebody who is seated now at the right hand of the throne of God. This is somebody who said, it is finished. Amen. When he came to earth, when he came to earth, when he was walking before he had died and all of that, he was still trying to draw men people to himself you know speak to people relate with people so that people can understand the kind of heart he has the kind of person he has we hear the message that he has but we cannot love the god of matthew luke matthew mark luke john and ignore the jesus of revelation you know when it comes to the nicer parts of the bible oh i can do all things through christ who strengthens me what what do you even know what that man was talking about when it, this man was in prison, first of all. Mm. He said it that I have learned. He said, I have learned. He, that means yeah. he didn't just, it wasn't just a one-off. He learned. He had taken time Experience. to learn yeah. how to how to survive when he had nothing, when he had to survive when he had much. But people only look use that verse to talk about, oh, I can do big things. No, have you learned how to suffer, how to manage when you are broke? Have you learned how to, 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 to endure persecution? Have you learned how to keep quiet when people are reviling and accusing you? Have you learned how to do all of those things? Or is it just you've, you've learned how to make the, make, hit the stock market? I don't even, it's so, it's so weakening. It's so weakening how people would take out, if Paul, Paul would just be like, oh God, forgive me for writing this part. Like, I didn't know it was going to cause this much trouble, you know, but honestly, it's, it's not funny because people take out, one concept and then we frame it and it's just completely distorted one thing that 
um one of the um one of another one that just is just ridiculous is when we talk about um the body as a temple do we even understand when we say that the, the our body is a temple of of the holy spirit but i can't even go there because that's like a, a whole <laughs> you know recording for another day but truly if the word of god is not having like if we the whole bible right is jesus like jesus told Amen. the pharisees like Amen. everything about me is everything about the scriptures points to me so if we're picking only the parts that we like we will not read proverbs chapter 13 we we'll don't want to read proverbs 31 and talk about a good woman is worthy to be praised and whatever <laughs> we're only mutilating jesus because the whole is jesus but when we're taking out one part we're only taking out, out his eyes or his nose or his fingernails we're not taking mm. jesus as he is we're trying to love a kind of jesus that is a, a, we're trying to to love um 10% of Jesus, but not the 19%, right? Mm. You know, so um yeah, imagine like even think about our um regular day-to-day interactions. How many times and I have this happens a lot with my mom and my dad. Like I would have told my mom something, she's telling it to my dad in another way, and I'm like, no, that was not the context in which I said it. Like, mm-hmm. don't misinterpret me. Don't right. and that I feel that frustration, and of course, like my dad is going to believe whatever my mom says. That's the love of his life. But I know sometimes genuinely, I didn't mean it that way. And then my mom has completely distorted it. And I feel that frustration. So imagine Jesus in heaven. Imagine God, mm-hmm. where people are using his word to preach grace, preach preach rubbish. And God is like, really? And I can imagine Jesus, God just wanting to rise up and just destroy the earth. And then he remembers that, oh, my son died for these people. Let me just come mm-hmm. down. You know, so yeah, um, we need to learn to take the word of God as it is. You know, the Bible was not made to serve us or to empower us. Where we're made, it's an un, it's unchangeable. It's one book that has never. There's never been a review committee. There's never been an addendum, an addendum to the Bible. There hasn't mm-hmm. been any redundant part. Like, and you see this thing context thing when it comes to serving our fleshly desires. Like, for instance, when we talk about um, this thing of women covering their hair that one people would like to say oh yeah let's take it in context he was talking to the corinthians so why don't we take dressing modesty and all of those other things in context why do we only take it when he serves us that yeah he was talking to the corinthians so it doesn't apply to me so now you think you think about context what about all the other parts of the bible why don't you think about the context when it comes to stuff like um mm. when it comes to issues concerning those areas you want to take it and no, the context is for corinthians well then let's talk if you want to go to the context uh to the context uh, argument then let's let's just take the whole bible and put everything in context and see where you stand right mm. so um yeah um we just need to people just need to learn to truly love the word of god and not want to hear what their itching ears have to tell them i told you when i was reading the bible velora i was disgusted with myself i was irritated i felt so foolish i was like oh my goodness oh my goodness and most times and, that, and i'm sure like one way or the other sometimes when i feel this condemnation i just remember like oh something that the bible just reproves me like when i've spoken too much or i've said everything i wanted to mm-hmm. say and the bible is like a fool utters all his mind you know think like that let's let's truly depend on the bible we don't need counselors we don't need google we don't need the bible has everything that we can ever want we just need to be willing to discipline ourselves to sit down to get away with this word of god and allow it to come with open heart not come with closed heart you know the Bible says in Hebrews chapter 3, verse 3 to 5, how some people harden their hearts. 
They don't mm. want to hear the truth. They hide it. They, they, they don't want to hear. They stop their ears. You know, they don't, oh, may the Lord help us to truly just love the, the word, the word of God. You know, it's the same God that said, I know the plans I have towards you. It's the same God that said, for God so loved the world. It's the same God that also said that whom the Lord loves, he chastises. Amen. And it's the same God who said, give and it shall be given unto you. It's the same God that says, follow peace with all men and holiness without which no man shall see God. We can't want to hear a certain part and, you know, nor the other. Like, we just need to take the whole word of God. The whole word of God. God. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Amen. And that is so good, Eunice. I thought of several things. Like, there's a verse in 2 Timothy, but matter of fact, let me not go there first. Let me go to first of, you know, you said that we, oftentimes we... We take these verses that sound good to us. God will provide everything that we need. You know, um, God is our refuge in the place. You know, he's our He's our place of safety. And he is that, right? But he is also the God of wrath. He is also the God of... Jesus. Meanwhile, providing everything that you need was after those people had sacrificially given what they had. And then Paul now prayed for them that my God will supply all your need. You know, absolutely. To, yes, he will only supply exactly. your needs is if if you're being mm -hmm. if you're in obedience to his word, if you're identifying mm -hmm. yourself as his child, like nobody's gonna provide for someone who's not their own. And the and and the Bible also talks about how God despises the wicked. Like you cannot live a wicked life and, and just be like, oh, God bless you. I, I, I pray that God will be with you. There is no need of you even praying uh, that God will be with this person because this person does not want to be with God. This person is wicked. This person is operating in Satan's power. So what are we, what are we praying that God will be with them for? Like, that's not even, that's not even Bible, but it's like, oh no, God is love. He is love, but he is also just, he's God is, God is all of these things that are good. And, and, and sometimes they're not good for that. They, they don't feel good to us. But they are good and they, you know, and that's what, and that's what it is. It's like, we want to, you know, when I say blessed are those who are persecuted, it's like, oh no, God would never want us to be persecuted. Everybody in the Bible was persecuted. So why would he not want, why would he just excuse us? Like, why would we not receive any persecution? But these people were persecuted. And why would he say blessed are those who are persecuted? You know, he even talked about the laughter, you know, and, um, the, you know, the parties and homes and stuff like people having all these parties, but it will be better for you to go to a house of mourning. So it's mm. like, but that, that's not the guy we want to serve. We serve the God that's praised. And um, we all, all we do is have fun. We live the best life. We have the nicest of things because God says that we are chosen. We are a royal priesthood. And it's like, that is not, listen, you are chosen to suffer for the gospel of Jesus Christ. That's what you're chosen for. You are chosen to live holy and blameless. You are chosen to forgive over and over and over again. You are chosen to be kind and show compassion to one another. But yeah, so it it, it brings me to it. I was I was going somewhere else. Lord, bring it to me. Help me, God. Please keep bring it back, bring it back, bring it back. <laughs> but um, I was I was also going to just like you know, if you love God, you take every part of his word and you know that every part of his word is good for you. Every part of his word is good for you. Even the scripture, Jeremiah 29, 11, that everybody so loves. Oh, God knows the plans that I have to prosper you, to give you a future, to give you a hope. Like, mm. yes. 
those plans are sometimes people have to leave their families. Our Abraham had to leave his, his homeland and go to a, a, a strange land to do God's work there in that land, right? Abraham's plan, God's plan for Abraham's life, he didn't have a child until he was a hundred and something years old, right? So, and even then he had to go and sacrifice that child, that one child that he had. Um, well, I mean, the uh what do you call it the uh the, the firstborn child to his wife right um you know between him and sarah right isaac. and so isaac isaac yeah i'm like lord help me okay isaac he had to go sacrifice him you know and it's like he didn't know that you know he but he trusted god he did not like the plans that God had for him. That was the plan that God had for him to go and take his son and sacrifice him. That wasn't a joke. That wasn't a like a, a, a you know, like, oh, I'm about to play with Abraham. No, he wants to test and see if you trust him, right? And so it's like, these are the plans. It's not always like that. I'm not saying that every plan that God has for us is, is always like Abraham having to go sacrifice Isaac or leave his family or whoever. Um, but God's plans do not look like our plans. It's the same God that says his ways are not our ways and his thoughts are not our thoughts. This is the same God that said that he will uh, turn all things. The, the, um, the, the same God that said that um, I'm blanking again. Um, mm -hmm. That said that I will give you a future and I will give you a, I will prosper. You know, I will, I will give you a, a future mm -hmm. and hope and prosperity. Right. And not even prosperity, but I will, pro I, I will give you uh you will be prosperous in your ways. That same God mm. said to Abraham, go up and sacrifice Isaac. That was God's command mm. to him, right? And so this is the same God. Remember that the same God that says uh, Romans 8, 28. This is another one. I love this verse, right? But the verse says, God works all things together for the good of those who love the Lord and are called according to his purpose. Oftentimes we stop at, God, God works all things together for the good of those. Click. That's it. Mm -hmm. That's it. They don't say who love the Lord. What does it mean to love the Lord? Mm -hmm. What does it mean who are called according to his ways? Right? Right? So we gotta, we gotta like really break this thing down. And then we also gotta just trust God. A lot of times the reason we don't put things into context is because we don't want to, like you said, our hearts are hardened. We like, nah, I don't want that. You know, like even with marriage, you know, and I, I've hit on this before and I, and I don't believe the Lord has called me to, to talk about this fully yet. But the Bible says that God marriage is forever. Marriage is two people joined together as one. There is no breaking of the one flesh. It's only yeah. through death, people. It's only through death. And then you go up and you say these vows for richer or for poor. That's not this. This stuff is not in the Bible, but it is definitely Bible inspired because the Bible says it's for life. So we know that in life, rich or poor gonna come, sickness and in health is gonna come. All those things that we say, you know, let no man put asunder. God said, let no man put asunder what He has joined together. And people are like, oh no. Um. So sometimes God didn't put these people together. God gives us free will to choose our spouses. What did he say to us to when we choose our spouses? He said, do not yoke yourselves with unbelievers. That was the only thing he didn't say. He didn't say you got to go with, you got to go with a black man because you black. 
He didn't say you got to go with the white man because you're white. He didn't say you got to go with an Asian man because you're Asian. All God said in choosing our spouses is to make sure that you are not yoking yourselves with unbelievers, those who do not identify with Christ. That was yeah. his stipulation. If there's another standard in the Bible, please show it to me and I want to learn it because people kill me when they say, oh, God did not put us together. Who did God put together? Who are these people that heard directly from God that you are my husband? You are my wife. You are. No, <laughs> that is not the case. You are. But you, you do. You, we add that stuff because we're like trying to justify. And it's like, no, take the word of God for what it is. And then now you got all these divorces and you got all these second marriages that is not honoring to God. And then you got blended families. You got drama. You got all this stuff happening. And then people are like, I don't understand. You are not in alignment with God's will. Lord, help me, Jesus. Okay, I'm done with that. Because context. Context is what we were talking about. And I love uh, the last sentence that Eunice put in here. And it, it's straight up. I love it. She said, the gospel is simple, straightforward, narrow-minded, clear, unapologetic, pure, and the truth. Depart from it, ye worker of iniquity. If you want to be in your sin you will not like this bible you will not want to read it in context because it is not going to sit well with your flesh the word of god is not going to sit well with your flesh so if you want to sit in your flesh if you want to sit like a baby in his diaper full of poop if you want to sit in that then th you you may as well leave the bible alone depart from it because it's it's, it's it, it doesn't work like that the Bible is meant to correct. It's meant to actually. I like to. I like to read that. <laughs> read that part because you only read the last line. I like to read the full context of that passage of that part you just quoted. Amen. Go ahead. Okay. Sorry to cut you. No, it you're says, fine. Please, please, friend, come. Let us reason together. We want to be human. We want to be nice and good people. So come. Let's reason. After the sacrifices of these men and women who, like us, who lived and, you know, gave their lives to, for us to be able to read the Bible today, is it fair to our sinless Lord Jesus, of whom the Bible tells us to consider him, that's consider him who suffered, mm. Hebrews 12, 3, and all he suffered for us at the hands of sinners, that we dishonor their sacrificial legacy, is it fair to dishonor the legacy of those things for which they were killed, which we freely enjoy today? Mm. Is the least we can do to preserve their legacy, not to nitpick their divine work? If this word doesn't work for you, if by any means one punctuation mark does not work for you, I beseech you in view of God's mercy, drop the Holy Bible and write your personal life manual. The gospel is simple, straightforward, narrow-minded, clear, unapologetic pure and the truth depart from it you worker of iniquity oh hallelujah and that was such a good example of reading something out of context all i gave y'all was <laughs> holy spirit working here all i gave y'all was eunice said the gospel is simple straightforward narrow-minded clear unapologetic unapologetic pure and the truth depart from it you worker of iniquity and you're like whoa wait a minute I, <laughs> how did you how did you say that to me like and then but then there was not this part in here about 
how the Bible is not working for you, how the uh, how the mm -hmm. even the punctuation mark in the Bible is not working for you, how these people have died for the Bible. I did. I didn't talk about those parts of it. So it sounded like harsh, but you didn't understand the whole concept mm. because you did <laughs> not have context. Come on in the room. Holy Spirit. Thank you, Lord. Kermit, mm, great example. And I love to be used like that. Oh, Jesus. Have mercy. Okay. Yes, yes, yes. Okay. So let's talk about this last point, Eunice. It's actually a very short piece. Um, it's the shortest piece that I've ever seen Eunice write. Um, by God's grace. <laughs> Balance. I was like, wait a minute. Did she did I get a short, did I get a wrong version of this book? This is literally three. <laughs> It's three Why paragraphs, y'all. It's three paragraphs. <laughs> Eunice has never wrote three paragraphs. Like, she literally writes more than that in a text message. Like, what? <laughs> okay. <Wow>. No. <laughs> so let's... <laughs> Laughter is good for the soul. Okay. Um, it's... <laughs> let's talk about balance oh, here. Funny. Um, Eunice opens up with the seesaw. Everybody knows the seesaw, um, that little machine, that little uh, equipment, that play equipment that we see at the parks. At you know, sometimes they have them at like the um, not just the recreation parks, but like the amusement park, which is also a recreation park. Um, you know, mm -hmm. different places like that where kids are playing, right? And so you have one person yeah. gets on one side, and then the other person gets on the other side, and if there is nobody on the one side, you know, on one of the sides, the other person is just like sitting there. It's nothing, right? Mm -hmm. um, and if even this has happened to me before and it hurts so bad, oh my gosh, I don't, I don't know if y'all have ever experienced this, but I was on it with another person. I was on the seesaw with another person um, and that person jumped off and I hit the mm. ground so mm. hard like because they jumped mm. off and there was no balance anymore that that you know it went it, the other side went straight up in the air so of course I'm going straight down to the ground and it like bust my butt bone and everything the machine was like you know kind of like hard and so it bruised me up in between my legs and everything like it hurt bad because that person mm. decided to jump off um and so Eunice opens up with that amazing uh example of balance right and um yeah she 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 says this same thing applies to the word of god talking about the sea the seesaw the holy spirit in us is the fulcrum who gives us a balanced view of the word so and i and we haven't really hit on this as we talked about uh respect and context but even more so with context you will not be able to interpret the word of god in let it do what it does without the Holy Spirit. And so that's basically what she's saying here. And she says, um, it is not solely Old Testament focused in which, you know, some, which is that guy she mentioned earlier, um, Marcion, uh, which he concluded that it portrayed God as a belligerent or moralistic monster for some others, such as the Sanhedrin. It rendered them re religious and legalistic with nothing on the inside. On the other hand, solely based on the new testament like some of the christians today um you know oh the <laughs> old testament is out you know jesus died for that and we don't have to live and, and so she says here it on the other hand solely based on the new testament it may portray christianity as a lazy religion in which we all need to do is in which all we need to do sorry 
is just believe. Then God's grace will cover us all for all our sins and empower us with some faith and energy to reach the top of our careers, forgetting that the God of love is also a God of wrath and will never change. So, and, and, oh, I love this part, the balance of the Old Testament and the New Testament. We need all of it. Mm -hmm. The whole entire Bible. It's a balance of both of them. Because when I read about those people having to sacrifice those animals and how God would um bring the famines on the land and you know all that stuff like that, you know, because of their disobedience. Like I'm like, man, we need this today, God. We need some of this today. Because I know Jesus died, but like, Lord, if I had to go sacrifice an animal or sacrifice something that was of value to me because back then those animals were what they ate like they didn't go to restaurants like we go to and have somebody prepare our food and bring it out to us on this nice platter you know and sit up in high places and all that they didn't have all that so they actually you know valued those animals right that they were sacrificing that were their food that was their money right and so they had to sacrifice these things and I'm like man that will really make you think like and and all the times that they had to go like the day of atonement and those um those 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 sacrificial uh events that they had to go through um that lasted for i imagine i'm not you know 100% sure on this but just by reading some of them sounds like they lasted for days and out and you know long days at a time i think that if we had more of that um more of people coming to the altar and confessing their sins that if we have more mm. of that going on today, I believe mm. that we would literally be more, you know, we would we would be more respectful and you know to, to God. And I just feel like Jesus has been this, you know, some people have seen it as we need Jesus. We I thank God for Jesus, couldn't live without Jesus, right? So I am not at any point diminishing Jesus in this statement, and I hope and pray that that's not what it's perceived as. Yeah, um yeah. but some people take Jesus as like the world calls it, like the atheist, not even the world, but the, the atheist calls, calls it a cop out. Like they're like, oh, because I got Jesus, I can live free. I can live free, not live free. Here we go. Context again, not live free to obey the words of, of the Lord, but live mm -hmm. free to live how they want to live. Talk about out of context. Free right? to believe in the bondage of self. Ooh, Lord, help us, Jesus. And yeah, so I, I'm I'm gonna stop there, Eunice. I feel like I'm gonna say just go on and on and on. Ramp, uh, kind of, I'm kind of like, um, I don't know what do you call it. Like, uh, I'm ramped up right now. So I'm gonna let you <laughs> talk about balance. Um, I feel like this is gonna be, you know, like I said, a short piece. So, and you know, of course, this is our conclusion of this episode uh, today. So have your way yeah so <laughs> you you really you really said it that's it we can't just be an old testament we talked about the seesaw meanwhile it's an interesting fact that the seesaw was banned in many areas of the united states of the early 2000s because they were concerned about safety health um, agencies were concerned about safety because without coordination and cooperation by two riders it posed a health a health hazard Mm -hmm. And it's the same thing. If all you're focused on is the Old Testament on one side, you have no New Testament to balance it, then you are posing a mental hazard to yourself, a spiritual hazard. 
And on the other hand, if you're only just New Testament, New Testament, New Testament, and you're not reading a book like Leviticus, which every Christian must, mm-hmm. must read so that we truly appreciate what Jesus has done for us, then you're also posing a spiritual and mental hazard, you know? So we need the Holy Spirit as the balance that helps us to see. Jesus said to them that in Luke chapter 24, verse 20, 44, that, and he said unto them, these are the words which I spake unto you while I was yet with you, that all things must be fulfilled, which were written in the law of Moses, in the prophets, and in the Psalms concerning me. There was another part, that was actually what I was looking for, there was another part where Jesus said that if you had, you would, if you believed in Moses and you see that everything he, all the scriptures point to me. So everything points us to Jesus. So everything, like, and we would also even understand, like, when we want to be angry at the Pharisees and stuff, like, when we read, we understand how we would handle them with a bit more grace because we understand that all they were trying to do was just obey the law that had been given to them. They, they didn't have any Jesus. They didn't have anybody. So in their own limited understanding, they became legalists, right? They became um, whitewashed sepulchers, as Jesus called them, having all these religious things on the outside to please God, but inside they were full of filth, mm. you know? And then on the... Uh, on the New Testament side, people want to say, oh, God doesn't care about how I appear. It's just my heart. I'm not religious. No, it doesn't work that way. Mm-hmm. We can't say that, oh, yeah, God just God doesn't look at their parents and so I can go around dressing how I like, doing what I want, doing that. No, 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 because I know my heart is right with God. No. We talk about balance. We need the external. We need the internal. We need the Holy Spirit. We need the law. And then we need Jesus. Jesus did not say that I have come to condemn the law. He said, I've come to fulfill it. When we even understand that, when we truly understand what mercy and grace is, this amazing grace that saves wretches like us, keeping the law would be a delight. So this man that had died for me, this man that saved me, what, what is it that he wants? He said, oh, I shouldn't have any idol. Okay. He said, I shouldn't lie. He said, I shouldn't murder. He said, I shouldn't be covert. Okay. Okay. I'm happy to keep. So when people make the law seem as if Paul said that the law is good. The law is mm-hmm. because it helps us to live in a way that pleases God. Yes, now we're made right with, with God through Jesus. But then what was it that even made us wrong with him in the first place? What was it? What, what was it that, you know? Yeah, so basically we need to have a balance. We shouldn't be too Old Testament focused and we shouldn't be too New Testament. We need the two of them. We need it, like, as I see, so to have a healthy, enjoyable ride, you know? We need that and we need the Holy Spirit to allow us to see how these things point to me. Like there's this, I don't know, one of these projects, I, I, don't, I don't think it's a Bible project, but basically their project is, the name of their project is pointing out Jesus in every uh, chapter of, in every book of the Bible, whether it's in Ruth, whether it's in Esther. Meanwhile, Esther did not have, Esther is a Bible, which God's name is not even mentioned once, but somehow you still find um God, Jesus, revealed in that book of Esther, whether in Job, in Songs of Solomon, in Ecclesiastes, in Proverbs, in Deuteronomy, Leviticus, Genesis, everything, you would always find something that pointed to Jesus. So we shouldn't just make it seem like, oh, the Old Testament. Meanwhile, Old Testament and New Testament were just human terms that were, I don't remember what year it was introduced, but the Bible was not written. The Bible says all scripture. The Bible was not, God did not say, okay, make it an Old Testament and New Testament. No. It was by Tertullian, who was a scholar, a theological scholar, who divided it into Old Testament, New Testament, and then chapters and verses, because the Bible was just 
one longer book. It wasn't Old Testament, New Testament. So when people Muslims say that, it doesn't it's it's this was these were man-made things in the first few centuries when they were reading the Bible, when the Bible was first written, it wasn't divided into Old and New Testament. It was just one long book. And the um, ESV readers version, you know, that 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 version of the Bible is they've translated it how the Bible ought to have been. So there's no verse, there's no chapter, there is no, it's just one long book. So when we now use one man, man-made devices that were just made to make things easier for us for reference mm-hmm. and now make it seem like, oh, one part is not relevant, then we're only being ignorant, really. That's, that's it, because it's one whole book that just points to Jesus, you know. Yeah. I wonder who even calls it the Bible anyway. The real name is scripture. And yeah, I think it should just be called Jesus. Jesus in words or something. I don't know. Amen. So, yeah. <laughs> Holy, holy, they have a holy, uh, isn't it called like, uh, in, uh, in another language, holy scripture? Yeah, 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 I, I yeah. guess so. But the official yeah. name is actually scripture. I don't, I, I will go and research, like, who called, what's, what's Bible? Where, where does that name come from? How did the Torah come about? Do you know that? Like the name Torah? So that's it. So the Torah is, is, is a Hebrew word for law. So Torah oh, is, so that's what is the original exactly yeah. so torah is torah that's what god has given us is the law mm-hmm. okay yeah so it's just hebrew for law yeah yeah because i know you know a lot of people refer and even me i refer to the old testament as the torah and i've just always done it and you know i i am like more so now like questioning things like why am i you know why do i call that that or why am i doing this you no, know is the, that the, really... so the, the torah is not the old testament the torah is the law that god gave to them where that god gave to moses so the specific things like the 10 commandments and they're actually about 300 something by the time you're reading leviticus and all that like honestly yeah. that's why i said if you read leviticus you're going to be like hey this god i don't want you is it by force to serve you or what is it uh-uh all these rules you can't keep it you know yeah it's almost like a bag so but that's why i said that it makes us to truly understand and appreciate what jesus has done for us because honestly the god of the old testament was a tough god no he was <laughs> he's a tough he god was. right he, he's a tough god he, he and he's still the same god yeah he's no yes, worse but the he thing is, the is we have and that's what makes jesus precious because through him he said no one comes to the father but my name jesus is and that's the thing jesus is not the destination jesus is the way God is the destination. Destination. Mm-hmm. We make it seem like, oh, when we come to Jesus, we die there. No, we don't die in Jesus. Jesus is the, we die in God. But anyway, let's not go there. It's that's Amen. Amen. Yes, yeah. yes, yes. Hey, this has been beautiful. I've learned a lot. I pray and hope that you all have as well. Thank you so much, Eunice, for another amazing thank episode. God. Thank you, God. Yes, we <laughs> thank God. We praise you, Lord. Um, I just... um. Of course, I always like to close this out in prayer um, on these episodes. Um, and even just going forward, I like to close this out in prayer. And so, uh, Eunice, do you want to close this out in a word of prayer on today's episode? I'm just filled with thanks. My heart is filled with thankfulness for him who bore my pain. Anyway, Father, I just want to say thank mm-hmm. you, Lord, for mm-hmm. another successful episode. Thank you for your word that has even given us anything to talk about. If we were, if there was no scripture, we wouldn't have anything to talk about. Thank you for the salvation of our souls, oh God, that has brought us to even have anything to say. Who are we to even talk about you? Who are we to mention your name, to mention your word, to, to, to stand as authorities on your word? We're nothing, Lord. It's only by your grace, your amazing grace, Lord. And we just want to say thank you for another successful recording of this episode lord i just pray that as many as would hear it oh god 
any points that is not clear, anything that is not made clear, that your Holy Spirit, who inspired all of the words of scripture, who inspired the untouched path and everything that has to do with you, will truly speak to each and every one of them. Father, we pray for myself and Valora, Lord, that after we've been preaching your word and talking your word, that will not be cast away, oh Lord, I pray, oh God, that our lives will not be reproaches to mm. the kingdom, to the gospel, that on account of us, it wouldn't be said that among the Gentiles that the name of Christ is being blasphemed because of the way Eunice lives or the way Valora lives. Let that not be our story, God. Make us to be lights that shine in the dark world. Help us to love your word, to respect your word, to mm -hmm. stand on your infallible word, to be defenders of your word, to be to to truly just believe what it is that you have revealed to us, despite what the loud noise of the world is saying. Help us, oh God, to stand firm, to know that this is truth, and that when we pass away, this word, this infallible word, this perfect law of liberty is going to stand. Help us to continually be in law in all of your word. Help us not to have Lord that that disgusting familiarity where we hear things that oh John three sixteen we don't read it I'm twenty three because we think we know it Lord no mm -hmm. but help us to always be in awe of your word that you say is alive. Your word didn't die yesterday. Your word is not going to die tomorrow. Your word is alive. It's breathing. So Father help us oh God to constantly and constantly oh God be in your word to love your word to know your word to trust in your word to believe in your word in the name of Jesus Father I pray that even as we're going to a new year oh god that it will just be a new time of knowing you of uh of refreshing you heard the heart cry at the beginning you heard all that we said i pray oh god that you honor oh god that desire to know you afresh that desire to love you again that desire to just to just be in awe of you again whatever it is oh god that we need to do oh god to just be in awe of your grace oh god just help us to return to those first works and to do it i pray oh god for as many as are listening to it oh god and i've not had, had an encounter with you cannot relate to the enjoyments we have in discussing your word i pray oh god that you who did it to, in us who put that desire who drew us to you would also draw them to you oh god mm -hmm. as many who are saying oh i just don't know how to go about it father we were also like that lord how we would stand now and we're talking about you for hours talking about your word you know how many years ago there was nothing i could have said about the bible i knew nothing about the bible but your holy spirit did a work that is better than magical god and now today we're we're here we're talking about your word i just pray lord that even more than talking oh god that will be doers of your word in the name of jesus so i pray oh god that as many of as many people who you have put that desire in them to know your word oh god that father you would you will satisfy that thirst oh god that you you would open their eyes oh god to behold wondrous things from your word in the name of jesus mm. thank you father for answered prayers i give you all the praise and all the glory oh lord in Jesus' name, I pray. Amen. And I pray for the godly girl community, oh God. I pray, oh God, for the vessel that you've used, Valora, oh God. I just pray that you continue to anoint her head with oil and make her cup to run over. I pray you continue to bless this platform, bless the woman, bless the contributors, bless everybody that is serving in one way or the other. I pray, oh God, that you continue to use it to draw women and transform them into godly girls. In yes, the name God. of Jesus. Thank you, Father, for answered prayers. For in Jesus' name, I pray. Amen. 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 I'm off to church. <laughs> Amen. Off to church. All right, golly girls. Bye. We love y'all.
Thank you for tuning in to today's episode of Godly Girl Talk. I pray that something was said that spoke directly to your heart and situation. Please refer to the show notes for all the gems shared throughout today's episode. Also, be sure to check out our website at www.godlygirlinc.org. That's www.godlygirl. INC.org, where you can explore all things Golly Girl. And lastly, please don't forget to subscribe, share, and rate this podcast. I'll see you next week, Golly Girl. Be blessed. Mwah.